Are you looking for an athletic scholarship? You're in the right place. This is the Recruit Me Athletic Scholarship Podcast, the longest-running podcast on recruiting and athletic scholarships. We're here to help your family navigate the recruiting road all the way to an athletic scholarship. He's a recruiting expert and a dad of a D1 athlete and a high school athlete pursuing a scholarship. With a wealth of experience to share, here's Recruit Me CEO, Brent Hanks. Welcome to episode 224 of the Athletic Scholarship Podcast. This is part two of two of an interview with Kevin Easley. Kevin is the father of a D1 soccer player, a high school student athlete, and a middle schooler. The Easley family, like my family, has been through the recruiting process and is currently in a recruitment process. We will continue to discuss soccer recruiting, official and unofficial visits, lessons the Easley family learned, and and how important ID camps were to Jaden's recruitment. So let's dive back into the interview with Kevin. Now, because the Recruit Me uh, podcast goes uh, nationwide, uh, I'll explain. We're in southwest Missouri, and you mentioned that Jaden played uh, on a club team in St. Louis. St. Louis is three hours away. So the soccer culture between southwest Missouri and St. Louis is a little bit different, isn't it? It's a lot different. Uh, they take it very, very serious in St. Louis. It's, um, it may be the number one sport in St. Louis. We're down here. It's kind of that sport some kids play when they can't play anything else. So, um, yeah, it was very different. It was eye-opening to her to see how serious those girls took it. Did Jaden make official and unofficial visits? She did. Uh, she, she mostly did unofficial visits. Soccer's a little different. In, well, maybe it's not, but our experience was schools, unless they think they are one of your absolute top two or three choices, they don't like to spend it. They, they don't have large recruiting budgets for girls soccer, for instance. So unless they think you're, you're really super serious about them and they really think this kid, we just about got her reeled in, they try to keep things to unofficial visits so that they don't have to pay for it, just to be honest. And so, yes, we did a lot of um, unofficial visits and then did some officials, and then after she committed, we canceled the rest of our visits that we had scheduled. And on a, unofficial visits, they uh, you get to go maybe go to a football game or a basketball game or a soccer game or a baseball game uh, on, on the school's nickel, but that's about it. Yeah, you'll go up, um, and then they'll, they'll normally take you on a tour of the campus, a tour of the athletic um, facilities, the locker rooms, and then they love to have you up on a football weekend because, you know, there's a lot of excitement let you go down on the field with the football players and uh, it's a it's a very fun experience it is a very fun experience and one of the questions i was going to ask is what did your family do before the recruiting process began uh what how'd you prepare and like you said it kind of hit you a little blindside but uh once it got going how did you guys prepare as a family i know Jaden kind of took took the reins on her side and then maybe what are you doing with jace to kind of adjust that um, I, I tell you, one of the first things I did when it started is I pulled up the NCAA rules and I read them. I kind of wanted to know what the process was from the, the rule standpoint and what to expect, because obviously these coaches, they're following those rules. And after I did that, a lot of what they were saying, it made more sense to me. I understood why they were saying, you need to call us on these dates and times. After you read the rules, you're like, oh, I get it. They can't make contact. So I, I would say, educate yourself, read the rules for both Division One, Division Two, and NAI because they're different. 
the recruiting periods are different when they can reach out to you when you can have con when they can contact you things like that are very different that's one of the things that that i did pretty quickly to sort of prepare myself for the process and i think the other thing to do for your child is is to explain to them whenever they're talking to these coaches th these are interviews this is serious stuff. These coaches are looking for good matches. There may be three kids that have your same skill level, but they're looking for that kid that they think can get the grades, that can stay eligible, and it won't transfer. They really just for some reason don't like when kids transfer. So they're trying to find those good fits. So you got to be, you know, you, the language that you use needs to be proper, things like that. I just prepare your child for an interview. Yeah, kind of going back on the rules, really, a, the student athlete can't break rules unless they take money or they flunk out of high school. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is on the coach's uh, side, but you made a very good point that it helped you understand where coaches were coming from and, and kind of learn the lingo of the recruitment process. And you've covered my next question a little bit too, but there may be something else I can pull out of you. Uh, what did you learn as the process, as, a, as the recruiting process was going on? One of the things I learned really quickly is that particularly for girls soccer, Division One, a fully funded program is limited to 14 scholarships. So you've got, and then you start counting the rosters and you're like, wait a minute, you got 25 or 30 people on this team. And you got 14 scholarships. And it doesn't take long to figure out, wow, most of these schools are going to offer you a partial scholarship and then they're going to try to group it together with some academic money and that's what i was saying earlier gpa act turns into dollar signs because most of the time they don't have a full athletic scholarship to give you but if you've got good grades good act and you can put the athletic and academic together a lot of times you can come out pretty close to full so that was one thing i learned pretty quickly and the other thing i learned and I didn't learn this from my perspective. I didn't learn this firsthand because fortunately we weren't in this position. Jaden had, she was just super fortunate. She got offered full rides. But what I learned through some other parents is you can negotiate these things. When a coach makes you an offer and they tell you how much athletic money they're going to give you, to some extent, if you handle it right, that can be a negotiable amount. Not, maybe not a lot. It can be somewhat negotiable. And so keep that in mind. It's something I learned is when you're talking, sometimes when they throw out a number, that's not the best they can do. It's like anything else. They want to get the player as cheaply as they can. It's a business for them too. I'd, I'd say the other thing I, I learned pretty quickly is just it goes back to self-promotions and getting yourself in front of these coaches. And the, the best feedback we got, the best money spent to get a scholarship offer was going to the school's ID camps. So when she went to Mizzou's ID camp, Kansas's ID camp, the list kind of went on. She got an offer every time she went to the camp. That was where the money was best spent. Better than anything else we did was just getting to those camps and getting yourself in front of those coaches for three or four or five days in a row every day. We told Jaden, this is a business trip. You're not going there to make friends and have a good time. It's a business trip. And she took it that way. Tell us a little bit about the ID trips. They're probably, probably equivalent to like a showcase in baseball, but uh, how do you find out about them and uh, kind of what, how do they work? Most, most every school, uh, if you get on their website and you go to like Mizzou Athletics and then you go into the soccer side, they will post when their summer camp is. And they'll just call it a summer camp. Some of them call it ID camps. 
if they have a regular camp and they also have an ID camp, the idea is that the ID camp is for the players that think they're capable of playing at that level. So you'll want to pick that one if you think you can play at that level. They're basically just summer camps. You go and you spend, oh, usually three nights, four days. But the beauty of it is you've got a, you've got a captive audience. Those coaches are going to watch you straight for four days, go through drills, play competitive games. They're going to test you. That I know at, at all the camps she went to, they had them run 40s. They put them through shuttle runs. They wanted to see how quick, how fast, how strong. They had broad jumps. I mean, it, they're trying. They're evaluating. And it was just uh, – that was the, the most bang for the buck. Are they uh, – like if you went to the Missouri uh, camp, ID camp, was it just Missouri coaches or did they have other college coaches there helping? They would bring in other college coaches from um, smaller programs. So like uh, Missouri Southern uh, was always there. Oh, yeah. I mean, most of the smaller schools in the state would be there to watch too and to help with the camp. And they would contact too. I mean, she would get contact from some of those schools too afterwards. So yes, there's not usually just that school there they normally invite some of the local smaller schools and I don't mean smaller as, as negative but you know the some of the other area schools to come in and evaluate talent too and a lot of times I know with our baseball camps that we went to it was usually the smaller schools had a relationship to the bigger school like they had played there or coached there or they had somehow had a, an association to to come and help so uh, Kevin, uh, what will you take into Jason Jett's uh, future recruitment uh, that you learned through Jaden's? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, they're just so different. I think one thing I would uh, that I learned in Jaden's process that I would tell my boys and that I would tell anybody else is what Jaden taught me. And what she taught me, we went over the first time she visited KU Kansas she came back and she just loved it she just thought man this is great I never would have thought I grew up my whole life thinking KU stunk and here I am just really liking I like the, the soccer program I like the coaches I like the girls I met over there I like their facilities it's great the next time she went over I had a visit and I picked her up she got in the car and her whole attitude was different it was very just melancholy and I said well what happened I said did something bad happen she goes no I said well what's wrong? She goes, nothing. I said, well, you, you're not excited. I expected you to be excited like you were last time. And she said, dad, I was just sitting there. And I, I asked myself this question. I asked myself if I couldn't play soccer, if I got hurt, had a health problem, something like that, and I could not play soccer anymore, would I want to be here? And she said, the answer was no. And so I thought, man, that's, that's really really good advice from a golly she was 14 or 15 at the time <laughs> but I, I just thought yeah you know that's a great because you, you're not guaranteed that you're not going to go over there and get hurt or have a health issue I mean, she's had kids on her team medically retire already because of injuries that they just can't come back from and so you hope nothing like that ever happens to you but there's no guarantees and you better go pick a school that you would be happy to be there even if you can't play your sport. And that, that's a very mature uh, question that, uh, again, knowing Jaden, it doesn't surprise me that she, she thought that. But, uh, yes, you're, when you commit to a school, you're not committing to a coach 
So if the coach leaves, you're still committed to that school or like you said, injury. So that's a great question that a a student athlete should ask themselves before they actually make a commitment. Do you, do you have any advice? And we'll, we'll kind of wrap this up here a little bit, Kevin. Do you have any advice for our recruit me families about soccer recruitment or just recruitment in general that maybe we didn't cover? Wow. We've covered about, you've you've got about all the knowledge you can get out of me, but I'd say the only thing that really comes to mind is um, getting that first offer is often the hardest. Something about getting that first offer and it's difficult, but once that first one comes, even if it's not your dream school, even if it's not the one you really, really want, it has this tendency to open the door for other, other offers you know, whenever Mizzou found out that Missouri State had offered and that Kansas, she was going to on a recruiting trip to Kansas, funny, they got real active in their recruiting. They picked it up. They started, call, you know, making more connections and having her call more and, and uh, inviting her up to campus. And it just changed. And at that point, the coaches know they can't slow play you. They can't do some of those things once you're holding an offer. So I guess I would encourage you get that first offer. It doesn't matter if it's where you want to go, but get it. Because once you do, um, it very well might open doors for other places and maybe get you where you want to go. Now, I know uh, Jace is uh, he's a very good basketball player, good soccer player, and good football player. And I think you're uh, having discussions about football and soccer, basically, that he might play in. So how many, how many schools are you going to start contacting for, uh, for Jason in either soccer or football? Well, to be, on football, there's lots of schools. Jason probably doesn't have the body weight uh, or size to play at the Division One level. And he knows that. So we've kind of focused on Division II uh, level schools in football. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them within a three or four hour uh, driving range. So um, that's what he's kind of looking at on the football side. On soccer, the problem with soccer is most Division I schools don't have it. There is not a lot of Division I soccer programs, period. You really, if you want to play college soccer, most of your opportunities are going to be at the Division II level. So he's been looking at um, some Division II schools, and he, he's holding an offer now from a Division II school that he's happy about, pretty excited about. He may end up there. I don't know. That's kind of what's going on with him right now. Well, that's great. Looking forward to that. And, uh, Kevin, I'd really, really appreciate you uh, coming on and give us some insight on uh, – on recruiting and especially soccer because it's something that we haven't had a chance to talk about. Hopefully we can, uh, maybe some other things will come out of this and we'll, we'll have you on again or actually get Melissa on here. She probably knows a little bit more than you do. (laughs) She would be more, more elegant in how she said it. That's for sure. (laughs) Well, Kevin, I appreciate it. Thanks, Brent. I would like to thank Kevin for all the great insight and sharing his family's experiences. I hope you gained some valuable information from both part one and part two of the interview. Continuing the series of the eight myths about athletic scholarships, we are on myth number four. Myth number four, I can wait until my senior year to look for athletic scholarships. Truth, the school selection process can take a year or more, so start in your freshman or sophomore year. Start gathering information about schools and programs. Make initial contact and begin sending stats after competing at the varsity or club level. You should definitely start the process no later than your junior year. The coach is under certain restrictions on when he or she can contact you and how he or she does the recruiting. All eight myths can be found in the Recruit Me 3.0 athletic scholarship system. 
you can get the 200 plus page step-by-step manual and the instruction videos for only $99. Get more information on recruit-me.com backslash system. Also, this episode was brought to you by our sponsor, Cody Hanks, your friendly neighborhood realtor in Southwest Missouri. Contact Cody Hanks at 417-860-9160 or by email Cody Hanks at swmrealty.com. Join me next Tuesday on the Athletic Scholarship Podcast for another 15 minutes of helpful recruiting education. Episode 225 will cover college campus visits. See you next week.